These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of this solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash Geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Ponsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app slash switch to book a one-on-one -on -one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code Geological at the time of sign-up for a one-month grace period 
on your new chain account. Hey, Toby Daly. Hey, what's up, Michael Max? It's the new year of the metal rat, Shinny and Kwila. Shinny and Kwila. Yeah. You know what that means? Uh, new year, happy phonetic. New year, happy phonetic. Happy new year. <laughs> I have no idea what it means to be a metal rat. I think about like those little toys that we had like long ago as kids, those wind up toys that were, uh, you know, and then you put them on the ground, they like go, zzz. I think I had a metal rat back then. There you go. Yeah. I can, yeah, I have to keep reminding myself that a rat is good in Chinese culture. Yeah, rats are good. Yeah. But how many Chinese people actually love rats? You know, they freak uh, yeah, out. Probably. <laughs> rat? Ooh, a rat! Yeah. But we're not here to talk about rats. No. We're talk to, here to talk about something very serious, Michael. What is it again? Can you remind me of the subject? I can't remember it had to do with Chinese medicine. I think it had, oh, right, Sa'am acupuncture. Yes. I remember we're talking about using Sa'am in a community clinic setting. We've had a couple of conversations about how this method, because in some ways, once you get it dialed in and you can diagnose uh, competently, you can very quickly know what to do. And it uses the antique points. And so it's not like you have to get to anything that's difficult, people can easily be laying in a chair. seems like this method would be really helpful, but there's some drawbacks, and, and that's what I wanted to talk with you about today. Do you have experience using this as a, in a community setting? Have you done it yeah. this way? Yeah, you and I were talking about this before. So um, at my clinic, I had just a regular clinic with five rooms, and uh, for three two-hour blocks a week, I would open that up. Anyone could come for any diagnosis for just $20. It was just drop in, so no appointments or anything like that. And so I would, um, I would, I would just see a lot of patients per hour that mm -hmm. way, you know, uh, six or so an hour for those two hours. So about, say, about 12, 10 to 12 in those two hours. So it would be going at um, community clinic pace or so, but with private rooms. Okay. So you didn't like have them in the waiting room stuck full of needles. You just put them on the sometimes, table. Sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Lay on my desk here. <laughs> Yes. What's up? We, we had to uh, treat somebody in the laundry room, and I knew I knew that was that was getting kind of crazy. <laughs> okay. So it so it's doable. And again, that it's all antique points makes it super helpful in a community setting. Um, one of the things that we talk about a lot with the Saam system, though, is that it, it this stuff really has some firepower. It's not a harmonizing treatment. It's not like you can go, oh, I'm going to put these needles. They're going to have a nice little experience. Hopefully things are going to get better. If you do this stuff wrong, you're going to cause problems for people. I did it just myself the other day. And so the diagnosis is really important. And I'm wondering, in a community setting, how to deal with that, how to work with that. And especially if you've got other people around and they're watching someone maybe have a bad reaction, how do you right. manage that kind of a thing. I, I think that would be, I mean, if I was treating people all in one big room, I'd want to make sure that everyone's feeling comfortable and cool, <laughs> comfortable, <laughs> excuse me, comfortable and yeah. cool with what's going on. 
Yeah, I would just emphasize again what I emphasize over and over again is to look for the face right away. As soon as you put those needles in, if you can look at the face and see what happens, the face will tell you before there's any kind of major problem going on with the body, and then you can switch it around really quickly. Ooh, Toby, I just really... I, I want to tell you something. I didn't realize this. I thought this was just a conversation with you and Mia that I'd set it up that way, but apparently people have gotten wind of this. So we actually have some people on the line with us today. Okay, great. I didn't mean for that to happen. I thought we were just going to do this by ourselves. But those of you that have jumped on, good for you. You're on it. Welcome. And if you have questions about using some in a community setting, this is great. You're here. So feel free to type them in or raise your hand and say, I got a question. We'll bring you up. Um, it, it looks like we jumped in to the deep end here. Great. Okay. So you were just saying. Uh, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, we we're talking about managing mistreatment. Oh, yes. In, I was in, saying it again, like, yeah, like I've emphasized so many times that uh, if you can look at the face, uh, the face will really guide you right away if something's gone south. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely risk in group setting like that. Uh, if things go poorly for one patient, right, that, that may kind of poison the pool there. But especially if you catch it early and then and then switch it, then I think you're in um, you're in pretty good shape. The thing I really want to emphasize too is that, in general, the patients that would come to my community clinic were in much worse uh, health conditions than people that would come to my regular uh, clinic. Mm. So, if that if that holds true for other practitioners, then you want something with some some real firepower because these people are really not feeling well. Um, in general, the community clinic people. So. Yeah, with, with everything, when you have a lot of firepower to really help someone, if you get that wrong, it will harm somebody else. But if you can catch it early, then you can switch that around. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm like of two minds about this, right? I really want to recommend people use this for community clinic, but also uh, I'm concerned about if you, you know, if you make a mistake in the community clinic setting, that that, that may be a problem. So uh, maybe you and I can, and maybe anyone else who jumps on today, can help us figure out a good way to navigate that, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a couple ideas. You know, looking at the face, of course, is a great way of seeing how people are going with the treatment. I also find, even though I would not call myself very astute with the pulse, I find that I'm good enough at it that if the treatment's not right, I'll often feel the pulse tighten up a bit. And, and for me, this has been a pretty reliable marker. You know, it, it's one where if I go back and I check the pulse after putting needles in and it does not feel as good as it did previously, I will, you know, along with looking at the complexion, really consider changing those needles up. I've just, I've just seen it enough times. So my suspicion is however you practice whatever markers you have as a practitioner, be it abdomen, complexion, pulse, cranial rhythm, if you do that. I mean, we, we've got lots of different ways of seeing how people are doing. And so if you already have something in your practice that allows you to track how you're doing, then it's probably pretty easy to bring that into the Sa'am work that you do and see how those markers work. That's my suspicion. Yeah, yeah, but de definitely. And so especially as yeah, something you're really comfortable with doing, you know, like like you're saying for with the pulse, you can, you've noticed that uh, you'll check the pulse and then check right after if it's tightened up, then, you know, maybe something's going south. That would be something reliable about that. And then quick. Uh, I'm always trying to think of for community clinic, you've got to move pretty quickly, too. So that would be looking at the face and checking the pulse it would just take a few moments. 
and then you could you could evaluate uh, are you on the right track and ready to move on to the next patient or not yeah yeah the other thing that i have found in the maybe year and a half that i've been working with this especially in the beginning there were plenty of cases where i'm like i'm not sure what to do here and i wouldn't and i wouldn't use it i just i would do something else but for those cases where i go oh I think I see what's going on here, then I would absolutely use it because it was a way of testing my diagnosis and my perception. And, you know, you kind of get a feeling sense about, oh, I think I'm seeing this. And so when I would feel comfortable and confident with what I thought I was seeing, then I would use Sa'am. But I wouldn't for other things. And then, of course, as time goes on, you get some more experience. It It's you can see, you can like see it more often. It'll jump right out at you. And and one of the things that you just said about that you were seeing people that were more ill in your community clinic than in a regular, I find when people are really ill, the because the imbalances are so dramatic, in some ways it's much easier to see what's going on for them when they're more healthy and, and the difference between the counterbalances is smaller, it's harder to see what might be going on. But when they're really ill and it's, it's really out of balance, it can really pop out at you. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, right? Um, I, I hadn't thought about that, but now that you mentioned it, yes, for sure, uh, community clinic is a little, you're moving at a quicker pace, but then if the patient is sicker than your normal patients you're seeing, then yeah, you're right, then things really will jump out to you. Um, so yeah, that was helpful. Like I, I told you, I did mix. So I would spend, you know, an hour with a new patient uh, with a regular and then half hour return patients and then just a few moments with community clinic patients. And I think the experience of doing both was really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Really in-depth and then being able to assess quickly. Um, I think that really, you know, I didn't think about it at the time, but I think that really reinforced my ability to diagnose quickly or really investigate something if I need to. So depending on how quick the community clinic is, too, you could probably ask a few more questions, um, especially if you, as you get more and more familiar with the asylum system. One or two more questions might be able to help you, um, you know, move in a direction with confidence or not or move away from an idea. So, yeah, look at the face, pulse, tongue, a couple more questions might be really be able to help you uh, to dial in asylum diagnosis. Yeah. Well, and with the SOM system, there are some very specific questions that we can ask because because we're looking at how the organs are related in a different way. And so there's a different line of questioning that can help dial things in quickly, or like you say, rule something out. Yeah. A lot of times it's ruling out what it isn't that is often very, very helpful. Right, and then if you start getting a mixed picture, you could just fall back on whatever, whatever modality you're using otherwise. I'm reflecting back on, for me, when I was first learning the system too, I would just fall back onto sort of TCM standard things. If I just, if everything got, things, yeah, when you really, when everything really comes together in the SOM system, and then you have a lot of confidence, and then you get really good results. I think that's, that's really reinforcing for you. So, you, you know, it's not, it's not like you would be exclusively doing SOM, especially if you're just learning this. You could always toggle back and forth if something really glares out at you. Say so you, you, you do see someone with a uh, broken arm, wet skin, uh, obese and things like that, you, you could jump right away pretty comfortably to supplementing large intestine with something like that. You know, you, you, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't take much exploration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now, there's some needling that you have to do with Sa'am that I'm going to say it's a little bit challenging 
because we're doing a fair amount of Jing well points. We're doing a lot of these like small joint points, like like small intestine two and you know triple burner two and and things like this. Spleen two, that's super fun. You know, I mean, these places where there's like a little bit of flesh, a lot of bone, or you know, a funny joint kind of thing. I know for me, I had to really game up. I had a real. It was almost like going back to school to learn how to needle in some ways, because some of the points are challenging as an acupuncturist to do, and for patients, they're a little bit challenging as well because they're not used to having them needled, and some of them, frankly, are not particularly comfortable. How do you think about, or do you have suggestions for people on transitioning? <laughs> their patients from maybe a very soft, mild kind of thing that they're used to, to something that might be a little uncomfortable in the beginning. Right. Yeah. A lot of people have asked me that question and uh, I don't think there's a good answer for that. I think you just sort of have to kind of jump in and start doing it. And then, you know, a few thousand points in, if it's like, I get much, much better with that. You know, I have a lot more confidence in it. Um, I think my technique's a little bit better too, you know, after several thousand of those jing wells, right? Several thousand mm -hmm. jing wells in, I feel like my technique's pretty good now. So I don't know, uh, I, I try and really reassure the patient and uh, and check in right after a jing well point, make sure that everything's feeling okay and just charge that, especially, you know, a lot of the combinations have you know, two jing well points. So after I need a one, then I check in and kind of discharge that, make sure everything's really good. And then uh, put the second one in. Yeah. There, there's, there, I, I don't, there's no real good way. You, you got to just kind of jump in with this. I think. We just have to be the professionals that we are and, uh, yeah, I mean, do, and do what has to be done. Also, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to cause pain for my patients. Uh, I want to help my patients, but you know, sometimes you have to do the thorn to get the fruit, you know? Mm. The thorn to get the fruit. Okay, yeah, that mm. I'm, I'm going to start using that in clinic. Sometimes yeah, you got to have it. You know, get the thorn to get the fruit, and you know, it's helpful to remind people that whatever is the troublesome thing that they came in with, um, a moment of discomfort is like nothing compared to how they're going to feel as they get better. Yeah, and also to, to build empathy too. I I often tell my patients I'm my own patient. I know exactly what these needles feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I, you know, I often say to them, I'm not always on the handle side of these needles, right? So uh, I think that helps, right? <laughs> you can say, oh, that's a sting and, and, and a little throbby and now that's starting to go away. You, you know exactly what Jing Well points feel like if you put them in yourself so many times. Right. But, uh, it's just reassuring to say to the patient, I know exactly what that feels like. I, you know, I keep doing that to myself just to keep my health mm. up too. And that, that's what I do for myself. And then I want you to do, you know, uh, I think that, that that's really helpful saying that to patients that, uh, yes, I'm my own patient. I, you know, I would agree with that. I mm. find myself saying something to the effect of, oh yeah, I know exactly what that feels like. I did it on myself just the other day. I did this exact yeah. treatment on myself just the other day. Right. And then, you know, they're like, oh, you can treat yourself. You would do that. I'm like, oh yeah, all the time. And, and, and that can help. It's, I think that's yeah, really reassuring. Uh, you know, surgeons can't say that, right? Surgeons can't say, oh, I just do surgery myself all the time or something, right? So <laughs> Yeah, I took my appendix out just the other day. Right. So fortunately, we can say that, right? You know, exactly what the, the sensations I'm causing in you right now, I just did the other day for myself. So I, I really empathize with that. I think that that really, that, that brings it together between the, the clinician and the patient. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's super important.
But I think there's, there's no way of getting around that. Somebody asked me the other day about the Jing Wells. They, they heard that uh, the psalm system was all Jing Wells. So I, I looked it up, and for the, the 12 uh, supplementing ones, 20% of the points are Jing Wells. So it's not like they're all Jing Wells, but, know, but 20%, 20%. Is, So All right. So uh, that's, that's significant. You know, I, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I remember having a conversation with myself when I first started learning this. And, and I was looking at the points I'd have to treat. And I did have that thought go through my head. Oh, my God, do I want to do this? And, and, then, and then this other voice came in that basically said, you're the professional here. And if you can't do this, you better figure out how to because you're supposed to know how to do this. I was like, Woo. all right. All right. Whoever that voice is in the back of my head, I'm on, I'm on board. That's but a pretty it, harsh it, inner dialogue, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would not say, I wouldn't call it harsh inner dialogue. I would say it was it was a part of me that recognized that I had a deficiency in my needling capabilities, and that was actually holding me back from being able to be of more service to my patients. And okay, so it yeah, was really about me, like, okay, who's the professional here? Oh, it's me. I'm lacking in an area. I better work on it. Right. I mean, that's what my, my teacher would come see patients and like just get amazing results using the system. And uh, especially after the first time he came, you know, I just I still wasn't really using it. So then I go back to using uh, regular methods, which, you know, wasn't that proficient with. And, you know, it just always nagged at me like, oh, you know, you really better you better start try, at least trying to approach that level where you can really help people a, a lot more better than, than uh, just kind of rearranging things or harmonizing things like that. It really would uh, I, I recognize your inner dialogue. I had similar. Right. It was always tugging at me like you could probably help them better if you could just step up your game a little bit. So, yeah, step up our game. And, and you know, yeah. I mean, we want to do that anyway, don't we? I mean, I think we do. It's uncomfortable. But yes, it is uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable. You know, I, I know for myself, I reach a, a certain modicum of, of uh, ability, a certain modicum of self-confidence. And then when I want to go beyond that, I'm back to that learner stage, which means, uh-oh, am I going to be able to get this? Right, you know? I mean, in the beginning, it's, I think it might be a little bit easier because you know you don't know anything. But after you've done it for a while and you think you know something, now that gets in the way of learning something new because you think right. you know it. What about... I know that in community clinics, a lot of times there's a combination of different methods. Balance method is quite commonly used. Certain TCM protocols commonly used. Ear system, different microsystem, that kind of thing. What are your thoughts about using Sa'am with the other common microsystems that are used in a community practice? Yeah, that's tough. I think, you know, if you're working in a community clinic and you feel like completely satisfied with your clinical results, maybe not even take on the SOM system, right? If you really dialed in everything and you're very pleased about your clinical results, then maybe maybe this is not a time to take on a new system. But if you feel like there's some deficiencies and you feel like you're just not able to treat things as well as you think you should or could or something like that, then I still recommend you, you take on the system and, and try and do it exclusively by itself. Later on, it's no problem. You can definitely import things. Like if you feel like uh, some ear protocols or some microsystem protocols are really needed, you know, like you're not getting enough results with a SOM system. I think it's not contraindicated. I think it's just overwhelming for the body. If you do uh, exactly right for the SOM system, usually that's plenty. That's plenty for the system. You don't need to add anything extra. 
but say you you've done something and you and you're like sure from your confidence with you know with a balance method or something like that just one or two more points from the balance method will really bring this all the way home for you There's, that's not contraindicated but definitely when you're learning the psalm system i i'd say try and do that exclusively by itself um, and then later on import anything you feel like you need that makes a lot of sense to me um mostly because that mirrors my experience of it. Hmm. Um, I, I tend to be a tinkerer. And so initially I was starting with Sa'am and mixing with other things. And I found that I, I wasn't getting anywhere. I couldn't understand it. Uh, because was it the Sa'am or was it this other thing? Or was it just that I was unclear? Did I muddy the water? I was muddying the water. Hmm. And I think initially simply using the Sa'am using it on one side only, so you can be super clear, you'll get very direct feedback if you were on or if you were off about that. And yeah, initially, it just keeps it clean. It's like a good scientific experiment. I'm thinking again too for community clinic too that that's um, um, uh, well, at least that was my experience for community clinic is like well you you know the the volume of patients you're seeing you got to mm. really keep going so f just four points just one side that's that's pretty efficient also right you know that totally. big impact with just four points and then move on to the next patient that, that's that's another reason uh, anyways. From my own experience, this was very helpful for community clinic, and uh, I'm glad you brought up this topic because, yeah, I think that this, this, this could be, like you said, it, it's got a lot of good qualities. Just four points, um, just below the elbows and knees, so accessible in a community clinic setting. Uh, mm. I, I think the only the only negative part about this is the learning curve and making mistakes in a community clinic. That 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 maybe is not ideal, but. Again, if you pay close attention, you can avoid those, you know, continuing those mistakes. You may make a mistake initially, but as long as you can catch it right away, that's no problem. Right. And that's another reason to simply do it, do it on one side, because then yeah. you know what you did. If you got a couple things going on, then you don't know what it was that caused the problem. Right. Yeah. But, I, you know, I really like your idea, too. I mean, again, I don't work in a community clinic, but I'm thinking if I did, let's see, how long does it take to put in 12 needles? How long does it take to put in four needles? Man, four needles goes like that. In the Psalm system, you can diagnose really quickly too, right? Um, mm. So that's, it's really efficient. Like I said, ideally, uh, you know, now looking back on it, this was great for me to be, you know, spend an hour with new patients um, that were regular clinic and then, gosh, two or three minutes uh, for, for community clinic patients, right? I, I would assess and treat very quickly even new patients for a community clinic. And it seemed to work pretty well. And then having that skill set to be able to toggle back and forth between those two speeds is really helpful. Yeah, and then that say, makes sense. Say once for, I was going to say that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Every once in a while for a community clinic too, I could really slow down or if I had to, you know, a really confusing case and really the patient was really sick, I would really slow down. And then all that other skill set would come up, um, you know, spend five, 10, 15 minutes with a, even the community clinic patient just to dial in exactly the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. uh, that was really helpful. And then you come up to the next patient, oh, they're skinny, they got oily skin, they just yeah, lost right. a lot of money in the stock market, and you know that you're going to do the lung channel. 
It's it's great. I mean, it's, it's nice. Yeah, when when I, I I talk about when the Venn diagrams really start matching up mm-hmm. with the sound system, right? Then you just you've got a lot of confidence and you can move forward quickly, right? Sometimes that's a little bit frustrating um, for a regular clinic because you have a patient um, that you've di- immediately diagnosed, and but they want to discuss things and go on about things, and and you, but you're pretty confident what you're going to do. So yes, uh, yes, so, I, I have that happen a lot. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's that's a a little bit. You, you've already decided what to do you know, five minutes into the uh, consultation, you still got another 10 minutes or so they, they really want to tell you about something. And, uh, and, and the nice thing, is, especially if you've really, di- if you diagnose totally correctly, everything else that they add onto that just, just gives you a little bit more evidence as, as you go, as they go further and further. But, um, yeah, but yeah, so communicate, like you can, you can assess and treat very quickly and, um, and get good results. Mm-hmm. So what about length of treatment? Yeah, so 20 to 25 minutes for retention time. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts about overtreatment? Uh, I mean, is it, is it something we to watch out for? Sorry? I, I mean, is it something that you need to watch out for? Like, maybe you get busy in a clinic and it's like, oh, it's 40 minutes before you get back to somebody. Is that Could that be a problem? It seems okay. It seems okay to do that every once in a while, but I, I wouldn't try and do that regularly. Um, especially removing foreign needles is pretty quick too. So if you can just get back in 20 or 25 minutes and remove those foreign needles, it takes just seconds. So, mm-hmm. um, and then also sometimes if you don't do, um, you know, the same, the same uh, point prescriptions over and over again, you kind of forget where they are. And you, you know, it's like a lot of mental work, but now it seems like the, you know, the four needles just go in and the four needles just go out for me. You know, it, it's, it's not, it's so routine that it, it, it takes much less um, mental effort and then, and then so quick to, I mean, you can take out four needles in 10 seconds. Yeah. Hello everyone, Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical, and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel, or the Sea of Yang, the primal reservoir of Yang, which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind, and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvelous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at Ann Cecil Sturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. Well, I, I know for myself in the beginning, there was a huge amount of mental effort. And, yeah. you know, in getting the system to work in my head and not spinning it around the wrong way. Um, and then knowing which points. But, you know, I think it's like, it's like anything else. You spend some time with it. You'll be attentive to it. Check yourself. It's good to check yourself. I find when I'm writing clinic notes, I'll, I'll sometimes realize, uh-oh, I put the wrong points in. I'll, I'll go back in and change them. Uh-huh. Um, 
But yes, after a while, it becomes very much a, a second nature thing. Back on the thing of over treat possible over treatment. So that's like within one day. A lot of times, people go to community clinic maybe two or three times a week yeah, with that, the that's no, that's, that's no problem. That's no problem. But you, okay. you, you've got to either remember or write down what uh, points you've been doing because if you keep doing the same. You know, say that they're overweight with oily skin, and you do large intestine, large intestine. You know, you, you've got to just kind of keep mental track of that. That was a little bit hard for me for community clinic because I didn't do extensive notes, note taking mm -hmm. for that. So, you, you've got to kind of try and remember what you did because um, definitely you can treat uh, every day with a SOM system, but you can't just keep hammering the same channel over and over again. That's right. You want to mix it up. That seems to be something I've heard you say uh, in every class. It's it's an important element. We have 12 channels. There may be one that really stands out, but if you but you can't keep going at it. You've got to work other aspects of the system. Yeah, I never thought about this before, but like um, you know, like when you go to uh, put on a, a tire, you know, you can't just crank one whole nut down <laughs> and then go to the other ones. Have you ever done that? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know so exactly. We, you wanna... We've got 12, 12. So you got to you got to just go around a little bit and. Uh, and uh, tighten a little bit. You can't just crank on that one, the loosest one. You've got to you got to keep going around the circle and, and finding things that you need to you need to tighten up. Right. In fact, yeah, you crank on the loosest one too much, and and you're actually gonna you're gonna knock the thing out of balance and not be able to get it back until you loosen that thing up a little bit. It's it's a new so, analogy. I just thought of right now, but yeah, no, good. it makes a lot of sense. Makes a huge amount of sense. Yeah. Well, you know, and it really speaks to how we're dealing with a complete dynamic here. We're not just dealing with one thing, we're dealing with an entire integrated system, you know, where everything touches everything. Right, and, and I mean, when you really think about it too, you know, um, biological systems, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, biological no. systems don't like that. You know, they need variety, uh, you know, to, 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 be, uh, to have a wholesome response. They need some kind of variety stimulus. So. The, the nice thing about uh, the SOM system is you can just, uh, you know, you're, you're basically going to know what to do, but you have to rotate it around a little bit too, especially if they're coming several times a week, then uh, that's that's even more serious, right? You, you wouldn't want to come uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, this, the same point combination, you, you would get into trouble quickly, even though you were right, right? That that, um, that channel does need to be supplemented, but uh, not, not with that amount of frequency. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Biological systems in general do better with variety. And it helps us as practitioners to be a little more nuanced with our diagnosis. It's like there may be one thing that really stands out, but what are the underlying supporting things that make that one system so out of balance? There's, there's always yeah. other pieces of the pie. Yeah, for, uh, even TCM diagnosis, right? They never just say spleen sheet deficiency. There's always plus dampness, plus liver cheese stagnation. I mean, they're, they're always listing several things that are going, or herbal medicine, right? They're always, there's always several different strategies that you want to go after. Mm -hmm. So uh, some systems similar, you know, they top two or three things and then rotate them around. Okay. Again, I did not mean to set this up as a, as a public conversation here. Um, I accidentally did. There's a number of people online. If any of you that are online and listening right now, if any of you have any questions or any comments because of, of experience that you've had with doing this, um, please uh, type something in here to let us know that you'd like to join in and say something and, and we'll bring you up to do that. Uh, we'll give you a moment to do that. 
This really says something, Michael, to us. Uh, we were thinking, I wonder if anyone will have any interest in this topic. And then, so, not even, so uh, this, is, this is a good inadvertent uh, way to find out that at least, is that, uh, is, is it four more people plus us or six people? It's a, it's a total of six, so there's four other people. Okay, that's great. I mean, we didn't even advertise people. this thing. We're just like, yeah. we're going to have this conversation and put it up. But uh, all right, I've got to be careful to what you people. click when you set these things up. How about for people that are maybe new to this, maybe they're new to Sa'am, and, and they're thinking about <laughs> doing it in the community clinic, or maybe they're just starting to use Sa'am, are there any common issues that you see in your community clinic? And maybe some simple things that you could tell people about right now. Oh, they've got back pain. Oh, you know, people with headaches. I know that we're not into protocols. I'm not talking about giving us protocols, but could you give us just like a few common things that you see regularly in a community type setting in the kind of treatment that you do for them so that people could take something away from this and, and maybe start to use it right now? Uh, you were asking the four people or me? I'm asking you, okay, and then and then the four people that have just been listening, if they have experience, please chime in. Yeah, this uh, I, I did like. Uh, I'm reflecting a lot of experience with the community clinic, and like one of the main things I used in the community clinic was like supplementing small intestine, right? A lot of pain, a lot of stagnation, a lot of things like that. So I, I did tend to supplement small intestine quite a bit for community clinics. So that that's something to think about, just from my experience. I, I saw a lot of pain in community clinic, a, a lot of serious disease and pain. And serious disease was all kinds of different serious diseases. So I have a hard time um, recommending, you know, something that, that really captured all kinds of serious diseases. But maybe number two was pain and, and small, supplementing small intestines sometimes miraculous for pain. So Yes, it's been amazing. Yeah, so I, I, would, I would be on the lookout for trying. Uh, I, I don't know. Let me think about the proper way to word this, though. Uh, I'll say this. Definitely for my clinic, when I was doing community clinic, I did supplement small intestine a lot uh, for that clinic. I don't know if I want to recommend that too strongly for you. I, I think you should always be open to all 12 channels supplementing them. But uh, it, from my experience, definitely I saw that over and over again. I would, I would use a lot of small intestine in community clinic. I would say in my current clinical practice, if someone has pain, the first thing I'm going to think about is, can I use the small intestine? Right? It's not like, oh, I must use small intestine, but it's like, hmm. Can I use it? I probably can, but let you know. But let's hold that and see: Are they really damp? Are they really dry? Is there a bunch of cheese stagnation? You know, blood blood deficiency or blood stagnation? Of course, small intestine great for blood stagnation, but again, it's it, it's a good go to to consider with looking at the underlying uh, issues that they might have, like like dampness, yeah. and then you can like toggle between those things. But especially severe pain, right? That's when small yeah. intestine really shines. And especially if it's along the small intestine or any kind of yeah. Taiyang channel. Ooh, super good. Um, there's a, a question in here from Linda. Hi, Linda. Um, what about like treating first responders or people that have fear or PTSD? Right? Because you know, a lot of times, you know, we think about community clinics being very helpful. You do the not a protocol, right? People that are in some kind of a disaster situation. How would you think about that with uh, with Sa'am? It's a great question. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Linda. So, yeah, de definitely for deep fear, right? Then I would immediately go to see if I could supplement heart. 
to counterbalance that fear. So um, I think that's, that's really reasonable. Like we were just saying for small intestine too, uh, if you feel like everything's stuck from the trauma and then you need to, you really want to move it, then small intestine would be great for that. So that's my first, my two thoughts about that. Supplement hearts, maybe supplement small intestine. So interesting, both fire phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is interesting in heart and small intestine from a mm-hmm. traditional TCM point of view or the yin and yang organ, you know, organs in relationship. I find, um, again, I, I, I don't do protocols, but I see things show up a lot. And I know that in my practice, I see a lot of digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And, and so often, um, it really is those people, they're overweight, they've got that classic spleen chi deficiency presentation. They sweat easily. Their skin is moist. And um, of course, in Sa'am, we think of that as a spleen excess. They're not deficient in spleen energy. They've got too much of it. And uh, tonifying the large intestine is super helpful. Well, I, because I, I mean, at this point, I remember it. But yes, I I do have that lovely story of you're uh, a while ago (laughs) thinking, oh, this patient is spleen deficient. Right. I was thinking TCM. Oh, she's spleen deficient. So I tonified her spleen. Not good. Yeah. Dizzy. I made her dizzy and nauseous. I should have tonified her large intestine. Yeah. Um, so, so you do, when first using this system, have to be clear in your thinking. You can, if you're thinking in TCM, that's fine, but you have to slow yourself down just enough to take it into how do we look at it from the Sa'am perspective? Because then you'll be able to get a clear diagnosis and know what to do. Any other things that you see commonly besides pain that, that we could maybe share with the listeners here? Yeah, again, so I think serious diseases, pain. You know, uh, another thing is, you know, just using the SOM system to think about right away too, is if they're coming and giving me a clinic, it almost necessitates you might have to think about supplementing lung because they, they have a resources problem. So mm. the fact that they're coming to community clinic uh, usually... Even if, like, like I had some people that I, I knew were relatively well off, but they would still try and come to community clinic a little bit. And so that that's still, um, they, they don't feel like they have enough resources in general, people that go to community clinic. So then you consider supplementing lung. So I would say there's no specific uh, um, channels to supplement for, you know, serious diseases. You always have to differentiate that, but then small intestine and then lung. I, I would I would say that that's I did supplement a lot of lung in community clinic because people either perceived lack of resources or actually did have lack of resources. I, I have a lot of patients that were just really uh, in desperate financial straits, and so that that's always nice to help uh, supplement lung. At mm-hmm. least uh, you know we can't give them thousands of dollars, but at least we can we can calm down that that kind of um, that kind of anxiety in that situation. Um, let's see, we got one more. Let's see, Linda. Uh, I've always wondered why the issue of sadness and grief does not show up as a diagnostic presentation. Am I missing something here? So in the Sa'am system, it sounds like grief, sadness doesn't necessarily show up as a diagnostic parameter in her mind. No, definitely. For for the Sa'am system, that's still associated with the lung. Uh, I don't emphasize that in the classes because that's, that's just straight up TCM. So in the classes, I really try and recommend, you know, like kind of obscure, unusual things that mm-hmm. the SOM system brings to the channels. Uh, but everything you've already learned from Chinese medical school, especially that that's really based on the classics, you can just incorporate that very easily to the SOM system. So 
grief and sadness definitely has to do with the lung. And so for this system, we either supplement the lung or supplement the stomach, depending upon like the physical presentation. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I, you know, I, I love hearing you say this. I, I've heard you say it so many times, but I don't know. There's like this part of me that forgets or something. This piece about how there's all this stuff that we've already learned and we don't get rid of it. We don't put it to the side. We actually can bring it into the Sa'am system. It, it totally fits. Yeah, that, that's been my experience. Uh, yeah. I see uh, Laura's here too. Hey, Laura McGraw. We got the band back together. It feels like it, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, Toby, any other thoughts that you have for us about using Sa'am in a community-style setting? I'm excited about it. Um, like I said, just from my own experience, it was so helpful. And then uh, when you were saying, oh, you know, you and I had just been talking about something else and, and you were saying, oh, what about for a community clinic? And uh, I was saying, oh yeah, we should really definitely put this kind of information out there and inspire people either to open up a small community clinic within their regular clinic, mm -hmm. like I did, or someone who's already in community clinic, if they want to add, you know, one more tool to their, um, to their work. I, I think that this, I, I think it would match really well for a community clinic. Yeah, I, I think so too. I'm looking forward to hearing how people use this. Um, if you're using Sa'am and if you're uh, using it in a community clinic setting, go to the forum that we have. You can share your thoughts with uh, your other practitioners there. If you're new to Sa'am or you think that you would like to know more about it, we've got a couple of classes coming up this year. There's going to be uh, in April. We're going to be in Irvington, New York again at the gorgeous, beautiful place by the Hudson River, the Alliance Center. And then we're going to be in Oakland, California later in uh, the summer in July. And uh, all y'alls that already have been through the class. Uh, what are we doing in Geyserville again, besides going to that place for dinner? <laughs> it's, it's always herbs and food with you, Michael. Uh, yes, we're going to have red wine. We're, we're gonna be, uh, Don't forget the red yeah, wine. We're going to be doing a case. <laughs> That's right. Good thing you'll be in wine country, Michael. You'll be fine. Did, did you hear in the news about that several thousand gallons uh, winery leak? It was on national news about two or three days ago. I did hear about that. I cried. That was right by my house. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what's going on in Geyserville. Yes. So Geyserville, we will be doing case studies. We'll, we'll, we'll be discussing a little bit more like how to combine the channels. We'll be discussing a little bit about draining, and then we'll be discussing about... Um, yeah, case studies, uh, my case studies, and then we'll have the practitioners uh, prepare some of their case studies too. Man, I always love hearing about how other practitioners are using it and thinking about it. I just, you know, we just learn so much from each other. It's wonderful. Yes. It, it, I just love this, this traditional way of learning to case studies. So um, I, I like to do that too. Great. All right, Toby, always fun to hang with you. And I look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. Okay. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community.